All right, guys, welcome back. Southeastern 14, uh, once again, with Brian Edwards. And uh, Brian joins us every week, of course, to look at all these games from a betting standpoint uh, as we look at some SEC games and non-SEC games, which we'll touch on a little bit later. But, uh, Brian, uh, to start off with here, I want to hit on something that you sent uh, as we were going back and forth on uh, what we're going to discuss this week. And I'm looking at your power rankings here, and I think they're very interesting because – there's one team in particular that I think um, really stands out, and that was after a a very disappointing loss at uh, Miami, and that's Texas A&M, who I know you've dropped quite low here, and I'm just going to give you uh, Brian's countdown here of his uh, SEC power rankings, and you can just, again, Brian, not touch on every team, but anything you think is sort of notable on this. Um, you got Bandy at 14, Missouri at 13, Florida at 12, Texas A&M at 11, Auburn at 10, South Carolina at nine, Mississippi State at eight, Kentucky at seven, Arkansas six, Ole Miss five, Tennessee four, Alabama three, LSU two, and Georgia at one. Um, again, Brian, I think the A&M one stands out the most. Um, curious your thoughts on any of those teams as well, because here's the deal, right? We've talked about it this week on the channel. It's hard to know what to do with a lot of these teams right now because it hasn't yeah. been a great start for the SEC. Right. Yeah, it is. Um, and so, and look, I, I, th- I feel like people do rankings uh, differently. Like, I just want to be clear to our audience that um, I do mine as if, you know, Blake's got five grand in his pocket and he's coming <laughs> to make bets with me and I'm the odds maker and I have to take Blake's bets. And so yeah. I got to make somebody the favorite over whoever, let's say they're playing in Topeka, Kansas or, or whatever, just a true neutral field this week. So, so that's how I do my rankings. Like I'm not saying like if it, if we're talking about, you know, the disappointment factor and what we've seen, um, you know, LSU and Alabama would not be two, three, but if <laughs> I got to take the bets and they're playing this week, so therefore I try not to, you know, have that big um, of an overreaction. So um, when you, so I have A&M at 34th overall. So obviously I've got them ahead of Florida, uh, Missouri and Vandy, but um, yeah, I, like, I and look, I wasn't very impressed with Auburn. I don't know that I've been very impressed with anybody in the SEC yet. If you take both of the performances, I mean, I felt like uh, uh, some teams look good in week one and a few teams look good in week two. But, um, and and I know we're going to talk about later with the Heisman. I I think it's just, uh, and and just, well, I'll I'll just briefly mention like nobody in the SEC is in the top 10 of the Heisman. Uh, odds and I think it's just an indication is that we're not getting very good quarterback play now I do I think Jaden Daniels is still going to have a monster season yes I, I sure do and uh Jackson Dart is certainly uh playing pretty good football I mean he, he had his protection wasn't very good at times last year and they didn't really get going offensively until gosh I feel like it was late third uh, early fourth, and then uh, a fortunate—I uh, forget if it's a, a scoop and score or a pick six. There, they're late. That got the spread cover with that new line. And wow, what a surprise that was! I mean, we didn't know anything about Michael Pratt until early Saturday mm-hmm. morning, and maybe I was asleep at the wheel. I didn't—I <laughs> didn't realize. I didn't see him listed on any injury report. I didn't see anything uh, about him all week. So that was a shocker um, Saturday morning. Um, but yeah, anyhow, so I, you know, I still got LSU at two because I, you know, 
A, I think FSU is really good. And, and LSU still out yarded them that game. Um, Alabama, you know, um, disappointing performance last week. There's no doubt about it. Could not get off the field in the fourth quarter. And um, the Vols, obviously, a tie game with an FCS team there pretty late uh, in the second quarter. Now, um, you know, I, I don't want to be too harsh on Ole Miss, but I did drop them to 15 uh, from number 11. But part of that, too, is they're so banged up. Um, they've got yeah. so many injuries at tight end and wide receivers. So uh, we'll see how they fare. Uh, not that it imply they're going to get a big test uh, from Georgia Tech, e- even if all those receivers, some that are questionable, some are uh, doubtful, like Trey Harris is questionable. But, um, yeah, we'll see. So, But, at, yeah, A&M. Uh, I had to, I had to drop them. Um, so I guess I'm just going to ask you, like, were you thinking I should have dropped them even further? I thought they would still be higher. Oh, Um, I got you. Okay. Okay. But I think a lot of that's on the offense, right? Because I think the offense did look pretty good at times. I know Connor Webb went through his first interceptions of his career and all that, but I think that you can clearly see, and we talked about it going into the season, just the, the options at their disposal if, if Connor Wegman played well. And to this point, I think he's played pretty well for the most part. Again, yeah. a couple of mistakes, which is to be expected, um, I think, in a road game like that. But th- there's enough offensively. But, boy, they got to tackle in the secondary if they're going to be any better. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, look, I don't feel like there's a lot of separation between Auburn, A&M, yeah. South, South Carolina is another team that, that needs to get healthy, especially two of their best players with Wells and uh, Emmanuel, um, the safety that led them in tackles as a freshman yeah. last year. Well, like you said, I think injuries has been a big theme in the SEC so far in terms of just some of these. Again, we talked about Rocket Sanders and such um, and all of that. But you know, I think, and we've talked about it on the channel, offensive line play has just not been good for a lot of teams. And it's surprising given the schedule. Um, you know, with teams kind of beating up on teams they should beat up on. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see if this is kind of maybe that, that week three where things start to swing into place here um, as we, we, we look at some of that. But, all right, Brian, let's jump into uh, some of these for this week. And, again, we'll focus on the games outside the SEC later on, as we usually do. Uh, Brian's got a couple picks there that I think are very interesting. But let's start with um, some of these SEC ones, and we'll let's go to the one outside the SEC. That I know you're, or excuse me, the SEC team playing going outside the league. I know you're making a pick on uh, that's this Vanderbilt UNLV game, and boy, I think what I've seen from Vanderbilt so far, um, you know, I think Vanderbilt fans they're two and one, but probably still are waiting for that great performance, uh, which I don't think they had against either Hawaii or Alabama and A&M. Certainly didn't have it. At Wake Forest, now they head to Hawaii to, of course, face a former SEC head coach uh, there. And Vanderbilt favored by four here. I know you're on the Commodores uh, with that number. Um, What are you seeing kind of with this matchup? Yeah, so um, I just don't think UNLV is very good. Now, I'm I'm not going to, you know, shame them for, you know, actually they covered the spread, uh, losing 35 to 7 uh, at Michigan. Uh, and really, the first performance, certainly the final score, forty-four to fourteen. Granted, it was a um, FCS opponent in Bryant, but you know, you look into the box score, uh, they still allowed four hundred nine yards uh, to Bryant. And um, you know, I, I as much as I haven't really liked a whole lot of what I've, I've seen from Vandy, um, 
I've been okay with their offense. I mean, I think Will Shepard is already, you know, having another fantastic year as expected. Uh, granted, an extra game on the rest of the league, but 20 catches, 217 yards, six touchdowns already. McGowan, the true sophomore, just like A.J. Swan, 18 receptions, 214 yards. Uh, no TD catches, but he had that kick return. Uh, for a touchdown. And, um, you know, Swan has been pretty good. You know, 61.2 completion percentage, 766 yards, 8 to 3 TDINT ratio, which now makes his um, uh, career TDINT uh, ratio 18 to 5. Not bad uh, for a true sophomore at, at Vandy, uh, you know, just still into only into mid September of um, year two. Now, Vandy has only been a road favorite once under Clark Lee. And uh, they won 63 to 10 at Hawaii as a nine and a half uh, point favorite. Uh, UNLV has been a home underdog 32 times in the last decade, only 12 and 20 um, against the spread. So I'm going to go with Vandy laying a short number here uh, at UNLV minus uh, the four. Um, there, some books might be at four and a half. And if so, I would say by the half point to four, I consider four a key number. Uh, like three and seven, you know, you get finals like 21, 17, 28, 24 all the time. All right. Another SEC game here. Uh, one of the three we'll discuss uh, in terms of SEC on SEC. I know you have a pick for this one, a couple others. Um, not exactly sure what to do with just yet, but Tennessee has to Florida to play your Gators here. And um, in terms of the the number itself, uh, Tennessee, I think, Brian, at six and a half uh, at this point, I believe I've seen in quite a few spots. I know it was at seven yep. for a while there. Um, Tennessee favored by six and a half in this one on the road. Certainly, as we know, been a hard place for the Vols to win. Uh, but you're focused in on the over-under here in this one, which is uh, 59 for this matchup. Correct. Uh, it looks like all books are six and a half with one exception. That Caesars uh, looks like. Most books are 59. There are a few 58 and a halfs uh, out there. And I am looking at the under uh, 21 of 26, or I'm sorry, I should say 21 of the last uh, 26 head-to-head -head meetings between Florida and Tennessee have had 58 uh, combined points or fewer. Uh, the Vols' um, first uh, two games this year have had combined scores of 43 uh, and uh, 62, uh, the UVA game uh, got to uh, 62 and uh, UVA got a late field goal there with 39 uh, seconds left. But I, I think both defenses are improved. I know Tennessee has not faced any dynamic offenses, but um, they do lead the nation in sacks. Of course, it's only a two-game sample, but 11 sacks uh, leads the country. They're also uh, second in tackles for loss uh, with 25. Um, and look, they had a shootout last year, 38-33, but Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker are uh, gone. I know, I know I've been really high uh, on Joe Milton coming into the season. And I got to admit, I didn't watch any of the Austin uh, P game. Uh, his stats didn't look that bad, but I have read and heard that uh, he, he did not play very well. I'm pretty so, in the first half. First okay. half was a brutal performance for Tennessee as a whole, I think, minus the defense. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, I've heard, and uh, but I have to admit I, I haven't even uh, I didn't watch uh, any of it. But um, so yeah, and look, they had the dreaded T or players only meeting um, 
when you see that, and I, it always just tells me that a team's having chemistry issues, and and I think it's on the offensive side of the ball. So um, that bodes well for it. I think Billy Napier will have a game plan of run the football and a high percentage passing game, like not throwing it down the field a lot, a lot of just quick dump stuff, um, which is, you know, dink and dunk is how they kind of threw for, well, I think Mertz had 300, I want to say 36 passing yards um, uh, at Utah, not that it amounted in, in very many points, which obviously uh, Florida had a 35 combined points in that game, uh, 56 uh, against McNeese, but I, I think Florida's defense has improved uh, just like uh, Tennessee's. So I think under is undoubtedly uh, the play. Just a, a few thoughts and, and stats uh, for the side, um, which is a pass for me. I, I'm probably going to pick Florida in my contest uh, just on account of uh, the nine-game winning streak over Tennessee at the Swamp, uh, the 16-2 and two in the last 18 Um and Florida, in their last four, is a home underdog. They're 4-0 against the spread with three outright wins. The only non – or the only spread cover they didn't win outright was the two-point loss to Alabama um, uh, two years ago, uh, early in 2021. Uh, I will also point out uh, the Vols have been road favorites under Hypo four times, and they are 3-1 and one, uh, against the spread. And in the last 19 head-to-head meetings between these teams – uh, Florida is 14 and five against the spread. So uh, I lean to UF if you can get seven, but my play is under uh, 58 and a half or 59. That that's uh, one of my favorites of the week. All right. So I know you're not playing these next two games uh, as of right now. Obviously, if that changes, uh, you will let our audience know uh, to get in on your, your fine picks there. But as of right now, LSU's at Mississippi State. That's a noon Eastern kickoff on ESPN. Um, this is a, this is one we have talked about a lot this week on our various shows here on the channel. Um, this to me, Brian feels like one of those you would, if, if you're an LSU backer, you would really like to see LSU come out and prove something here on the road in a tough environment, at Mississippi state. We know the atmosphere is going to be uh, tremendous. Uh, and you know, Mississippi state coming off a game where they kind of escaped to beat Arizona, in overtime, didn't feel like they played their best, but still, I thought did some some very positive things. LSU nine and a half point favorite here. Uh, this thing, I think, at ten, maybe in a couple spots, but it does seem like nine and a half is kind of where it's settled at this point. Uh, but man, I this is one where again, you're you're better at this than I am, but like I feel like staying away from this one because I just I think LSU is still probably the second best team in the league just from a talent standpoint, but. I don't know how much I'm supposed to learn just from a 72-10 victory against Grambling. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all those uh, sentiments from you. Um, I made the number eight. Um, that's what I wrote down Sunday before the, the line came out. So uh, it, maybe it's a little bit rich, but I mean, not by – I mean, it's only a point and a half uh, different uh, from me, at least right now. Uh, and, you know – it. If I was thinking about Mississippi State, uh, I think, you know, not being able to put Arizona away last week was maybe a, a little concerning. I mean, I know I know Arizona's got a pretty good quarterback and they've got really good, really good receivers. Um, also, this stat was a little concerning. Uh, Mississippi State, their last eight as a home underdog, only one and seven 
against the spread. Now, another set stat that um, would be concerning as an LSU fan. Now, granted, it's only you know one year, uh, but as a road favorite uh, last season under Brian Kelly, LSU went 0 and three. Uh, against the spread. Now, in their last 15 trips to Starkville, though, uh, LSU has been dominant 13 and two straight up, uh, 12 and three uh, against the spread. And in the last 20 head to head, regardless of venue, LSU has prevailed just straight up, not not ATS um, in 17 uh, of those 20. I'll just also point out the under is seven and one in the last eight head to head meetings. Uh, between this team, these teams, and the number is 54 and a half um, uh, for the total. You know, I, right now it's a pass for me. Uh, you know, maybe if it creeped up to 10 or 10 and a half, maybe I'd think about Mississippi State. But um, right now it's a it's it's a pass for me. I am not feeling confident either way on this one uh, as of right now. But okay, the Georgia South Carolina game. South Carolina is in Athens, 3:30 uh, p.m. Eastern. Kickoff that's on CBS. Um, I guess the, the real question here, I think a lot of people have is we've seen Georgia win by a lot of points in the first two games, but Georgia fans will be the ones to tell you, hey, we've not necessarily been impressed with what we've seen um, so far, especially I think, again, the offensive line um, has been something that's been a theme, not playing as well as probably Georgia fans expected them to, because I think even on our channel here, I think we said that could be the best position group of any team in the league in terms of having you know get to pick one position group of anybody Georgia's offensive line could be the best hasn't looked that way so far they are a 27 and a half point favorite uh here at home against south carolina which we know lost that week one game to north carolina bounced back last week gave up much fewer uh sacks in terms of of course that was the big theme after uh, the loss to north carolina but this one at 27 and a half um i know brian also not playing this one just yet but what do you see here with the the dogs and the gamecocks you know, I I, I want to like South Carolina here, and I love how uh, Rattler is playing. I love how Xavier Leggett is playing, but I just I'm not I don't know if Juice Wells is healthy, and to me he is just he's such a difference maker for them, and you know I you know he just doesn't. You know, he's I just he's nowhere. I just don't think he's anywhere close to 100 percent right now. Now, what the timetable on that is, I mean, I I'm figuring he's probably going to dress out and play this week, uh, but and give it a go. But I don't know that. And, and, you know, Nick Imanwari, who I believe was the first play from scrimmage for North Carolina um, when he made that tackle out in the flat, um, got hurt. And um, I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, I'm, you know, it's very questionable. Now, on the other side, you know, uh, doesn't sound very good for McConkey, and you know, he's one of their certainly one of their best receivers. Um, you know, it, it, you know, with Bowers being a tight end, I would actually say he's probably their best receiver, certainly the most uh, reliable one um, in terms of experience and, and what have you. Uh, but you know, Georgia's only um, now. Granted, a lot of these numbers have been enormous, but. Uh, under Kirby, they are only, tw- um, I'm sorry, uh, 16, 24 and one against the spread uh, as a home favorite. As for South Carolina, as a uh, road underdog under Beamer, they are three and four against the spread in seven uh, such situations. Now, if, if there were to, you know, if we were to get some news on Friday that, you know, Eamon Worry and um, 
and, and juice wells were you know were good to go and and this thing creeped up above 28 which you know you never know what these numbers are going to do certainly as we're recording here pretty early on wednesday yeah. uh may, maybe i would think about going with south carolina perhaps um but uh yeah right now uh i'm just a fence sitter on the sidelines <laughs> yeah just as you guys uh just as a note for you guys i think Brian and I usually record on Thursday afternoons, recording on Wednesday afternoons uh, this week just to a, a scheduling issue. So, um, yeah, we are a little bit earlier than usual. So you may see, again, a little more line movement perhaps if you're watching this later in the week. But, uh, all right, Brian, I want to ask you quickly about a couple other games that, uh, you know, I think our fans will see some interest in that involve SEC teams that we're going to get to your uh, picks outside the league. But Missouri-Kansas State, Missouri's hosting Kansas State in that one. That's a 12 p.m. Eastern kickoff on the SEC network. Um, I told you, I said, this just feels really low to me. And even for someone like myself who kind of looked at Missouri as a maybe a sleeper team in the SEC, I just, I've seen it from the defense at times so far, but I just have not seen enough, which I think that comes off the heels of barely, you know, escaping against uh, MTSU. They win that one, what, 23 19. They were a three touchdown favorite in that game. Um, but, this line, I mean, it's five, four and a half. I think on DraftKings, four and a half, FanDuel, four and a half, uh, five and some other places. So this thing just seems like it continues to kind of creep down a little bit here. And maybe that's just looking at the strength of the Missouri defense. But I don't know. I just, for some reason, I feel like Kansas State is just a better team overall, uh, even though we always go back to Weird things can happen sometimes in these games at Missouri. We saw that for Georgia last year, and uh, maybe that's what you talked this one up to. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, but I, you know, I think the line is a little low as well. Uh, on Sunday, I wrote down K State uh, minus seven and a half. Um, th- I, th- I, th- I was thinking it had to be a little north of seven. Um, I watched a, a quasi decent amount of uh, K State in the first half last week against Troy, and Troy was hanging in, you know, pretty tough there. And and then I got more uh, focused on um, Nebraska, Colorado. And I think the first score I saw, like mid third quarter of Troy K State, K State had just, you know, pulled away. And I, I, you know, I never I never put the channel back on there the rest of the way. So, um, you know, two blowout performances uh, for K State. I mean, let's not forget, you know, Troy. went 12 and two last year and, and hung around at, at Ole Miss early in the season in one of their uh, two losses uh, as well. Now this is a big revenge game for Missouri. They got run out uh, of, of uh, Manhattan last year, 40 to 12. And, and that thing got ugly uh, pretty early. If memory serves, I want to say it was like 21 to nothing uh, like late first or early second. Um, so it was never really even a game. Um, now, Kansas State, they have only been a road favorite under uh, Chris Kleiman uh, five times, but they're four and one against the spread. And now, but Missouri has been really tough um, as a home underdog. In fact, in seven such spots under Drinkwitz, uh, they are five and two against the spread with four uh, outright wins. So, again, a, a, another pass for me, but I, I certainly lean K State in. Um, if it were to get to four, maybe I would put a little on K state. I, I wouldn't feel great about it though. Cause drink has been good as a home underdog and, and maybe I'm just throwing, and I hadn't really watched uh, much of Mizzou 
uh, at all, other than, you know, seeing some highlights. But um, maybe Drink's been a little vanilla with his offense, uh, you know, against these. Well, you wouldn't. I don't know, but I don't know if I can even say that because I mean it was a one possession game late last week, and he, yeah. he certainly didn't need to take that outright hell. So if he was, you know, holding back some plays for the K State game, that um, that would be pretty audacious of him. But um, yeah, we'll see. Big revenge game for Mizzou. They've been good as home dogs, but K State looks like the better team, as I think we both agree on. And I would lean K State, but I, I haven't done anything yet. Yeah, I. I just think that offense still has some limitations and we'll see if that changes um, this week because they'll need some more offense. I don't think the defense can just win on this one uh, this week against Kansas state. Another one I wanted to bring up was Arkansas and BYU. Um, that's a seven thirty PM Eastern kickoff. That's on ESPN two. Remember last year, of course, 52 35 uh, this game and just a, an offensive uh, powerhouse type game uh, there. And now, you know, we look at this kind of setup for Arkansas. I think they opened, Ten and a half point favorites. That number's down to eight and a half now, and so that thing kind of keeps going down. I think the the over under I looked started at like fifty eight and a half. Now it's down to like forty seven and a half, something like that. Um, so we've talked about Rocket Sanders and the injury impact and all that on this Arkansas offense. There, another team did not look good last week against Kent State, um, and I, I wonder if this is kind of a spot where they start to crank things up a little bit. KJ Jefferson. That wide receiver group. I think to me, Brian, when I look at this game, we talked about in our preview. I think the Arkansas's defense is probably the difference here because you know we've seen just that very sort of tenacious approach from Travis Williams, which we know they want to get to the quarterback, and th- they'll see a quarterback who is quite familiar with SEC teams because uh, Keaton Slovis has been around. We know he's played multiple SEC teams. Played Tennessee last year at Pitt. Now he gets a chance uh, to play Arkansas here at BYU. Um, so I don't know. The more I look at this, I, I think Arkansas's defense could really be the difference here because I don't know if I see enough firepower on this BYU offense as maybe there was a season ago. But um, yeah, you would you would certainly like to see the Hawks put together a more consistent performance here. I think. Yes, you would, and that performance last week uh, to me was concerning, uh, just because I mean. Plumley and UCF just absolutely just destroyed Kent State early yeah. uh, and often. And I, I, I was it 14 to 6 at halftime or just 14 6 late second? It was 14 6 at halftime, wasn't it? Arkansas. Pretty, yeah. I yeah. I mean, right. I could not believe that was a one possession game uh, at halftime. Uh, I will uh, point out that uh, KJ was the second highest uh, graded quarterback in the country. Uh, last week, according to Pro Football Focus, and actually Spencer or uh, um, Spencer Rattler was um, was yeah. number one. Uh, but yeah, they're obviously missing Rocket Sanders. I mean, they did not run the ball very effectively against Kent State, which was just shocking uh, to me. Um, but you know, you mentioned the game last year. KJ was fantastic in that game, and so was Rocket Sanders. Rock- Sanders had a monster um, uh, performance. Uh, in that game, uh, I will point out though, uh, as a road underdog, uh, BYU is 12 and four against the spread in 16 such spots under Kalani Sataki. But um, I, I think some of his previous teams have been uh, better than this outfit uh, that he's got um, right now. If Arkansas, it looks like um, 
Well, there's there's about half and half uh, in terms of eights and and eights eight and a halfs. And, and yeah, you were right about the heavy um, uh, line move uh, on the total. It looks like uh, one offshore actually bet online does have a seven and a half. If it were to get to seven, I, I might think about Arkansas. I do think Arkansas definitely wins. So. Um, uh, if anybody is, is thinking of a teaser, I think Arkansas is probably a good uh, tease team, and I might consider them if the number got to seven. I, I, I kind of doubt that it will. Uh, but, you know, we've seen some some movement down on it, so you, you never know. Uh, but, yeah, Sanders out. I mean, I think at this point right now, um, it, you know, if I'm an Arkansas fan, I, I mean, I'm just hoping – uh, I mean, I know they're they're optimistic that they've got him back for the LSU game, but I, you know, I'm just hoping you got him back for the A&M game, and don't bring him back too soon because, um, you know, he needs to be right whenever he does come back because he's one of the best running backs in the country, no doubt about it. Yep, big storyline to watch for sure here as we uh, move forward with Arkansas, but. All right, Brian, let's talk about some games outside uh, the SEC. I know you've got a couple picks you've already made for that involving two teams that are getting talked about quite a bit uh, in terms of Florida. We'll start with Florida State um, and we'll also get to Colorado as well if you want to hit on both of those in terms of looking at the totals uh, for both of those teams in week three. Yeah, so um, I have played, and this is probably my f- – well – I, I, I went to weather.com, which, you know, <laughs> you have uh, to. Yeah. We, we, we ball game predictors are, are in an in exact science as well. And we certainly fail at times, but I don't think anybody in any profession fails more than meteorologists, especially when it's Wednesday <laughs> and we're forecasting what the weather is going to be on Saturday. With all that said, I will point out weather.com says that in Chestnut Hill, and FSU's playing at Boston College, uh, that there is a 75% chance of rain and that the wind expectation is 22 to 25 miles an hour. So that does not bode well uh, for any sort of offense. You know, if it's 25 mile an hour winds and a driving rainstorm. Uh, but, I, you know, I, we can't sit here and say that that's definitely going to be the case. There's been many times in in my football prognostication career that on a Wednesday, there's been all kinds of crazy weather forecasted and then you get to that game day and it's beautiful day so we'll see on that but i you know i still like it anyway i'm only stopping short of calling it my favorite play because of this potential uh weather but so fsu last week and that was one of my winners last week had them over 41 and a half team total uh against southern miss uh and they had um they had uh, 52 on Southern Miss, and so we were already over by double digits, the 41.5-point number, with 10.26 left in the third quarter, and they got to 66 with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And, I, I mean, I only think Jordan Travis played a, a possession or two in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I was feeling pretty good at halftime about that pick, so I wasn't paying as much attention uh, to that game. But look, Keon Coleman continues to look fantastic. 12 catches, 170 yards, four touchdowns. Jordan Travis, 6-1, to uh, TDINT ratio. And this Boston College team is really bad. They uh, were able to get an overtime win over Northern – or no, I'm sorry, they lost – 
their opener in overtime uh, to Northern Illinois, 27-24. But then the Salukis turned around and lost 14-11 to an FCS opponent, Southern Illinois, last week. And then last week for Boston College, they beat uh, Holy Cross 31-28, to but um, had to get a forced fumble late as Holy Cross was driving. So, um, you know, even if it is a driving rainstorm, I, I still think FSU is going to run the ball down their throat. And, you know, maybe maybe the conditions were will warrant being able to throw it. But look, I mean, Jordan Travis can run the ball very well. Also, I mean, I'm sure Norvell wants to keep him out of harm's way. But um, I even in a horrible weather, I still think they get to 45. And if it's good weather and they play well, they should definitely get into the 50s. So I'm going over 37 and a half on FSU. And and again, we got to watch the weather on this one, but I'm not against over 48. Um, just both teams combined either. I, I'd rather just do it this way, though. And um, look, if you can get FSU in the first quarter minus seven, uh, I wouldn't be against that. Against that, uh, I'm sorry, as well. I doubt their first half number would be 14. They'll probably be north of 14. Oh, actually, in fact, I can look that up right here. Um, yeah, it looks like it's 14 and a half. I don't think I'd want to do 14 and a hook. But, uh, yeah, so FSU's team total over 37 and a half is uh, my favorite on, on that game. Colorado, Colorado State. Dion continues the, the run here. And, uh, boy, they look good against Nebraska. Now they'll – Keep it going here in the the in-state matchup against uh, the Rams. Yeah, they were sloppy in the first half offensively, but I I I came away even more impressed overall because and look, I I know Nebraska's got issues offensively, and Jeff Sims and his uh, unforced turnovers are just so unacceptable. Um, so I'm not implying it was just some masterful defensive performance from Colorado, but it was certainly um, uh, encouraging, I thought. Um, you know, they were, um, you know, they just they showed some life defensively. And then once Sims had that one, you know, touchdown run there in the third quarter, then Colorado really got it together offensively. I think they answered with four straight touchdown drives, uh, if I'm not um, mistaken. So I, I did end up uh, hitting that uh, Colorado team total over. It wasn't looking good early, but we, we did get there and, and we cashed Colorado. Uh, we lost on their team total in the first half. But um, so looking at Colorado State, they were off last week, but in week one, they were at home to Washington State and Washington State scored 50 and Washington State had 43, which would work for us with a team total of 41 and a half. They had that in Fort Collins with 1122 uh, remaining. And I think Colorado has a better offense than Washington State. Both are good offenses, but I think Colorado's is better and they are at home. And weather.com tells me it's going to be absolutely beautiful in Boulder, a perfect night for football. So I think Shadur Sanders um, has another big game. There's also a player prop that I saw on him. Uh, his passing yards is 326 and a half. I'm not against that over. I think our only concern will be is if they're up 42 to nothing early third quarter and Dion Yanks him just to, you know, get him some rest and keep him healthy. That, that would be our biggest uh, concern there. I took his team or his player prop over 308 and a half passing yards uh, last week. And even with that mediocre start, it, it ended up getting over 
Um, I forget exactly when. I think I tweeted it out. It might have been late third quarter, but I, I'm thinking it was probably more like early uh, fourth. So, um, but the team total over for Colorado, 41 and a half. That's, uh, that's the main one I like there. Meanwhile, another one you've got, uh, Navy travels to take on Memphis. That's a Thursday night game, um, 7.30 Eastern uh, tomorrow night. So uh, I know you've got a play on this one as you look at kind of how this one uh, goes in Memphis, a couple touchdown favorite here against the midshipmen. Yeah, and it looks like, uh, I guess this has happened in the last hour or so, it looks like it's down to 14 at most mm. books. So even better, because I was thinking uh, 14, it was 14 and a half or 15 this morning. So uh, even better. Um, so Memphis has won four in a row uh, over Navy last year uh, on the road. Memphis won 37 to 13. Two years ago at home, they beat the midshipmen 35 to 17. Memphis hasn't really played anybody, but they have pounded who they've played. They beat Bethesda. Cookman 56 to 14. Uh, they went to Jonesboro last week and beat up on Butch Jones 37 to 3 uh, at Arkansas State. And uh, Seth Hennigan, uh, Memphis QB, completing 73.8% of his uh, passes. He's got a rushing touchdown, four passing touchdowns. He's now got a 51 to 18 career TDINT ratio and 26 uh, career starts. I, I ignorantly backed Navy in week zero and didn't see a, a whole lot out of them uh, in that game. Uh, they got right against an FCS opponent last week, but um, I, I think Memphis should win this game by uh, 17 to 24. And it, it being on a short week, um, that always favors the home team. Maybe not as much because you don't have as much time to, you know, prepare for this triple threat, but they are conference rivals. They play each other every year now. So I, I think Memphis will be fine. And um, look, not one of my favorites. It's certainly not. I won't have much as, as much of an investment on this one as most of the others, uh, but it is Thursday night uh, other than, um, you know, the Vikings and Eagles. It's our only college game to watch so let's get some action on it let's go memphis minus 14 there you go and there are brian's thoughts on the action uh in week three here as we get ready for another fun week and finally uh for an sec fan sec on sec games which uh, i know always means things are about to crank up a bit as we really see what we've overreacted to and maybe what we've not overreacted to with some of these teams uh, when perhaps they start to get exposed by other SEC teams. But anything else, Brian, before we wrap up this week? Uh, well, just, uh, you know, be careful if you're thinking about Ole Miss because they've got, you know, a ton of injuries. Yeah. Looks like Zachary Franklin, doubtful, doubtful, a couple other receivers out. Trey Harris might be a, a game time uh, decision, and that's unfortunate he got hurt because he was having such a monster uh, impact there. Uh, early in the year. I uh, don't think I mentioned, I, I'm still considering Duke. I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. It's a pretty big number, but it is against Northwestern. Uh, I might end up doing something there, but as always, um, I, I'll, I usually tweet out my picks. So you can see my uh, Twitter handle there at, uh, at Vegas B Edwards. I also have, um, you know, a lot of written content at majorwager.com uh, as the week uh, or as we get later into the week but yeah for now i think that's all i uh all i got on week three if you're tailing me best of luck let's go yep uh, do it uh should be another fun week here as uh, we look at that i think what was it last week brian i i hit again it was utah state a couple weeks and i think it were 
I think it was Eastern, Eastern Michigan, Michigan last week. That was the I, one I played last week. Felt great about it. It got a little close there, um, but I, for a while. I almost, was... I almost texted you late in the game. Did <laughs> yeah. you watch what was going on there? I was seeing how it was going, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was I was keeping up on my phone with that one, and I was like, oh, this is getting a little we, interesting. So. We, we owe P.J. Fleck a beer for kicking that field goal oh, there my. on fourth yeah. and goal at the, like, one-and-a-half-yard line. I appreciate P.J. Oh. When the field goal team came out, I was like, Oh, I love I know. I know. Well, we're two for two the last couple of weeks, me playing those. So I'm going to think go to Memphis on this uh, one this week and maybe a little Colorado and Florida State action as well. So, again, check out all of Brian's stuff. Uh, like he says, you can follow him on Twitter at Vegas B. Edwards. He's also updating uh, injury stuff and all sorts of stuff like that on our Twitter at 14 Southeastern. You can find us there. And uh, again, be sure to hit that subscribe button on the channel. You can listen to this as well on our podcast feed. Search for Southeastern 14, any podcast app you use and uh, we appreciate you guys watching and listening as always and we'll talk to you again here soon at southeastern 14.